Our regular office, our friends from Bell Ambulance used to always stop by with that giant box or two of the punchkies, and you would uh, imbibe in a few of those and revel in Fat Tuesday and getting ready for Lent and such. And ah, uh, then the tradition of Fish Fry Friday really kind of hits hard, so which is always awesome. And uh, then you go around, you taste all the different fish fries and such, all the uh, different restaurants and bars that we go to. So, But nevertheless, welcome to Fat Tuesday. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, 877-867-1670. You can find us over on Twitter at Bill underscore Michaels. At Bill underscore Michaels. You can find Grant at Wisco Grant over on Twitter or X as well. Uh, Instagram, The Bill Michaels Show over on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash The Bill Michaels Show. Uh, there's YouTube, which is a great way to watch the program and pay attention to it. Go to youtube.com slash Bill Michaels show. You can find us there. Same thing over on Twitch TV, on kick TV as well. And a uh, LinkedIn, you can find us under Bill Michaels on LinkedIn. And, uh, then you can email the program as always the Bill Michaels at gmail.com. The Bill Michaels at gmail.com. They're simply the Bill which is the website. And then there's the app, the Zone Madison app, uh, the Zone Madison. And you can find us there, download that. And after the fact, you can always track us down at Spotify, Apple, iTunes, Google Podcasts as well. So Grant in the studios in the mighty giant building that is the radio mecca of the state of Wisconsin, the uh, Midwest Family Broadcasting Building, is there punchkeys laying around all over the place? Is that a Fat Tuesday thing? Yeah. I didn't, Bill, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I didn't even know it was Fat Tuesday until you said something. Shut up. How and did I you not know and that? And I feel like a knob because I didn't even pack a lunch. I It's a skinny Tuesday for me. It's mostly because I don't have any food in the house, but I'll have to go <laughs> to our friends at Quick Trip this afternoon and have myself yeah. a little Fat Tuesday before the show. I, uh, the only reason I, I knew, well, I did know it. I mean, it's, you know, Mardi Gras stuff is all over uh, Facebook. Um, and I was Facebook and Instagram. I was watching some uh, Mardi Gras stuff, um, video stuff from down in New Orleans, uh, where they've got, uh, I saw the Clydesdales go through South Point Casino. Did you see that? Yeah, that's funny. Well, they, they took, for those that didn't know, and I think I talked about it yesterday. If I did, I, I apologize. But, uh, when we were in Vegas, there was, a uh, the exit that we got off of for the house that we stayed in, there was a casino called South Point and South Point is kind of the. It's kind of the rodeoers, so to speak, um, casino and hotel. That's where, you know, if you got horses and the rodeo and all that kind of stuff, that's where you would stay. Well, they actually had the Clydesdales inside the elevators of this place and walking the Clydesdales right through the middle of the casino, which was really cool. And uh, so anyway, I'm, I'm this morning I'm watching and some of that video popped up and then it said more Clydesdale video. And the Clydesdales have gone from Super Bowl and they had the Clydesdales early this morning walking down Bourbon Street. The full cart, you know, for Budweiser, the whole thing, walking down Bourbon Street. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. And then I went, oh, it's Fat Tuesday. So now I know, now I realize why as Mardi Gras begins. And so then you flip on the TV this morning, and there is one particular station that that seems to be the only story that they could come up with. Was that, oh, by the way, this is how punchkeys are made. This is how punchkeys are eaten. This is what punchkeys are made of. This is what it was just like, you know, punchy, punchy, punchy. I mean, holy crap. And that's all they had to talk about today, that and the weather. And so I, I was kind of reminded of, oh, yeah, by the way, when I used to uh, work actually in an office, in a studio uh, that was in an office, uh, every, we used to get Bell Ambulance uh, in Milwaukee, used to drop by with just boxes of these things. 
and uh, remind us that Bell Ambulance was still around. So we would uh, we would always thank them publicly on the air and such. But we we don't get that stuff, uh, you know, working at home anymore. So uh, which is good since now is when you start your dieting. Now is when you start to give up things. What are you going to give up for your Lenten season if you're Catholic? So you know, that's that's kind of stuff going on. Anyway, uh, big win last night. Did did you realize we're not at the All Star game yet for the NBA? But there's only twenty something games remaining in the season. Did you realize that, Grant? It sneaks up on you fast because the stretch after the All Star break is way shorter than the stretch before. Way, right. way shorter. Yeah, yeah. The All Star game. I was looking at the record. I'm like, ah, halfway point of the season, and then I thought, wait a minute, that's not right. Not with the Bucks record. Bucks with a statement win last night, a really good win, and we'll talk about that. But uh, I was watching this morning on uh, what, the Four Letter Network, and they were talking about the midway point of the season, and I'm like, well, we're not at the All Star break yet. And then I looked at the Bucks record. I'm like, well, wait a minute, that doesn't add up. You can't talk about the midway point of the season. <laughs> when you're three quarters of the way through your season, you only have 20 something games left. So, because they're, they're acting like, well, doc rivers have turned things around with half a season yet to go. And I'm like, nay, nay, no, no, you don't have, there's not a lot of wiggle room here. You don't, it's not like you have another week or two or just after the all-star break to kind of get it together and start playing doc Rivers style of basketball or whatever it is you're going to do to get better. And that's why last night you kind of had to win. You had to put the train back on the tracks and they did. But now they got to follow it up. But the Bucks are in third place in the East with 20, 25 games remaining or something like that. It's it's not a lot. And for those that think, ah, no big deal, you know, it's it's you know more than halfway the, or less than halfway through the season. No, you're 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 right there, no doubt. So that being said, we got uh, Bucks basketball to talk about, and now you start to kind of set your focus to the combine. You got the combine coming up. Uh, you set your focus towards the NFL draft, towards free agency. As uh, all of that gets underway, Brewers, uh, pitchers and catchers reporting. So we're excited about that. And uh, that's, you know, we're going to have baseball upon us before you know it, as a matter of fact. So th- there's a lot going on right now. But we, and then you obviously are going to get into March Madness. Uh, we only got, what, a few weeks left to go in the season for college basketball? I mean, don't look now, but there it is. And then you get into March Madness. You get into the conference tournaments coming up in, what, two weeks, I think, Grant? Two weeks we got conference tournaments? Something like that. It's amazing. We're already halfway through February. Yeah. Right. So you got, what, two weeks uh, you get into conference tournaments, which is, I think, the weekend of, it's like the first and second of March, if I'm not mistaken. And then after that, you got Selection Sunday. I think that's on the 10th. And then you have the first round, which is on the 14th. So we're a month away from the first round of of the uh, of the NCAA tournament. I think this coming Thursday will be exactly four weeks away from the beginning of the NCAA tournament, which I'm like, wow, I can't even believe it. So uh, anyway, that being said, you get all of that coming up, plus that final weekend in that final week in March, the 26th, 27th, 28th. You get in through that. That's when baseball begins. So it's like. We're now we're rolling downhill towards spring, which is great. Don't get me wrong, but the mass amount of stuff that it is we we have the ability to cover over the next few weeks is is just amazing. And then obviously you throw in the combine, you throw in the draft, you throw in free agency, and the start of the new financial year for the, uh, the for the NFL and what the Packers are going to do. And you're going to see cuts and and cap restructure and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, it's uh 
It's uh, it's it's going to get here really quick before you know it. Um, eight seven seven eight seven seven or eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. So we'll get in all of that. You got anything you want to chat about? Please feel free. Go ahead and do so. Uh, Dan, Darren says I'm excited about the Packers off season. They got some draft capital, and it sounds like they are in okay shape with the cap. The cap is depending on who you read and what the Packers will do. Um. Because right now it's, you know, I, I don't know, it's like 15 or $20 million is what they're going to have. But when they start making some adjustments and cutting some players and such, they're going to have quite a bit of money. And that's the reason that Brian Gutekunst, in his postseason presser, talked about and stated, like, there is nobody that's in the free agent market that's off limits. For the first time in a long time, this team has the ability to spend money and go after players in – free agency so it's gonna be I, I don't want to say they're gonna dive in head first into that pool I, I don't think that's it but I think they are going to be more of a player and you're going to hear their name bandied about more this offseason than we have in a long time than we have in a long time uh and uh, Brett uh you know hey Thomas uh, who over in the live stream saying hi Mike as well Brett says, can the Badgers put the train back on the tracks? Because he's skeptical. That's the other big question. They've got Ohio State coming up on the docket, and things have um, have really kind of got stuck in the mud, and they need to pull that uh, they need to pull that thing out of the tracks. So without a doubt, they uh, they got to get that thing fixed. Um, too many turnovers, some bad shots, bad shot selection. Um, it, they're not. It's not like they're far away. But just at times when you just finally get the get the thing rolling again, you're like, what what just happened? You know, and then things just all of a sudden begin to unravel. So um, limit the turnovers, better ball handling, maybe a pass or two more. But God, there are times when they just have open looks and they don't take them. It, it's almost like I watch I'm watching Hoosiers, where every now and then, where you can't you know pass you can't take a shot until you've passed the ball three or four or five times. And they're missing some open looks. And then there are times where they're just taking really horrific shots. So hopefully the Badgers can kind of get straight uh, against the Buckeyes. Uh, this one's from Jacob. And there was a lot of emails and stuff that we got to yesterday. Jacob says, uh, hey, guys, at what point do you start looking at the guys in the combine and saying, okay, these are going to be our draft topics? Uh, he says, one, where are they going to get a safety? Two, do they need to go to free agency to get a safety? Because that position is very difficult to play as a rookie coming into the league. Three, do they get the line depth coming out of the draft this year, or do they go out and find a legit left tackle? Uh, he's got a whole list of comments here. Uh, Jacob, thank you for the email. The if I if if that which is a great question. If I'm going to dive into free agency, you got to look at certain positions, like like safety position. I agree with you. I would go into free agency to get an offensive lineman. No, no, I, I would because you know you've got guys there that can play. So if I'm going to get an offensive lineman, I'm probably going to do it in the draft. If there's somebody that's that there that's available. Uh, with all the draft capital, we talked a little bit about it yesterday, the rumors coming out of New York that the Packers are going to be willing to give up so much, which I I got to be honest, I don't think that happens. I think that is I, – I, I just – I don't see that. I don't see the value in that. I, I, I'll be honest. I don't see the value in that for the Jets. I really don't. I mean – yeah, you're getting if if indeed you would get a healthy David Bakhtiari, that would bolster your offensive line immediately. But I don't see the value in that really for the Packers. I don't I don't see that. 
So for those who were tuning in yesterday, there was, uh, you know, our buddy Gerard, who calls from over in New York, said that there's a rumor floating around that the Packers are willing to give up uh, a certain amount of draft capital. Uh, I think it was a first, a second, a third, uh, David Bakhtiari for the Jets' 10th overall pick. And I don't know if I'd go with that value chart on that. Uh, I don't see that happening, but stranger things have happened. I just, but I don't see the value in that, to be honest with you. Uh, anyway, that being said, I would look for experience on defense and depth of draft on offense. That's what I that that's what I would do. You, if you're going to go with another middle linebacker, I'm getting somebody that's got experience. If you're going to go with safety, I'm getting somebody that's got experience. Same thing in the corner position. If you're going to add depth there, now you can add depth through the draft, guys that aren't going to be looked upon to come in and be starters immediately. But unless, of course, you got a guy out there that is Sauce Gardner esque, right? A guy that comes in and immediately changes the depth in the back end of your defense. If that player is available near the top of the draft, well, if you're going to go get him, go get him. Otherwise, no, I'm not. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go experience wise. It, just playing defense is a different animal than playing offense. It just is. Um, Bryant says, uh, What do you think the Packers are going to do with A.J. Dillon? I don't think Dillon's coming back. I just don't. I don't think he's going to be coming back. I think that. Um, that he is – he showed his wares. I mean, he he ran well at the end of the season, don't get me wrong, but I just – I don't see him being that big of an addition uh, to be able to come back. And maybe you keep him around for death, but you're not going to do that for the money. There would have to be a big restructure there, and I don't want to extend him, to be honest with you, you know? So let's get into that when we come back. Uh, got a lot going on today, and just kind of – Kind of a, a, a plethora and potpourri of stuff. A cornucopia, if you will. I'm getting into, deep into the vocabulary now. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Burn Pit Barbecue. BurnPitBBQ.com. That is BurnPitBBQ.com. They are veteran-owned. They are based right here in the state of Wisconsin. If you are a griller, if you're a smoker, if you're uh, somebody who just, uh, whether it's uh, hot sauces, barbecue sauces, rubs, you name it, They've got it, and they are veteran-owned, based here in Wisconsin. They started out here in Wisconsin in just a garage, and now they've expanded. And why? Because of you. And they want to say thank you. But go to burnpitbbq.com. That is burnpitbbq.com. Stay tuned. we got more of the Bill Michael Show. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Bill Michaels show. We, uh, on this fat Tuesday, continue on. Glad to have you. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, please feel free. Uh, this is from Anthony. Anthony says, uh, hey, guys, what are the Packers' top three priorities this year in the draft? Um Priorities, I, I don't necessarily think it's just in the draft. I mean, their top three priorities, I think we can all kind of 
assimilate, we can say, first of all, you got to do safety and secondary. Uh, if you're going to, you know, launch Devondre Campbell, then you're probably going to need a linebacker. Um, I, I think the majority of it is defense, to be perfectly honest. If I had to say, you know, I would love to see another weapon or two added, another wideout, that'd be great. But I think you have to get a running back, and then the other priorities are all defensively speaking. So safety, secondary, um, can, uh, you know, if you get rid of Devondre Campbell, you got to go middle linebacker. Then, then a running back. Uh, Skinny from Madison says, why don't you say the when saying the Super Bowl? When saying Super Bowl? Um, I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's a weirdism. I don't know. Of all the things that motivates people to comment. Right. Uh, that one made me laugh back here. I mean, but I laughed even harder when you go, oh, I don't know. I've never even thought about it. I thought you were about to have some detailed answer. And I'm back. Yeah, here. no, there's no in-depth <laughs> technology to this. So when it comes to my mental synapses, no, there's there's no, I have no idea. I have no idea. I'm not one that says the Ohio State either. You know, people ask me about that. I, I don't that that cropped up in the you know, late nineties, early two thousands with who was the, uh, who was the troubled running back? I can't remember his name. Uh, but he was the one that said it over and over and over again. Every time that he would be on, um, Oh God. Uh, God, I can't think of the guy's name. He ended up robbing people for a cell phone. It was a running back. They ended up playing in the Fiesta bowl. They beat Miami. I can't think of the guy's name. Off the top of my head, I can think of everything else. I can see the play out of bounds where everybody said, no, he was out of bounds, not inbounds. And I can see everything else. But I can't, off the top of my head, I can't think of the running back's name. Anyway. Maurice Claret. Uh, Maurice Claret. Thank you very much. It just, I, I kept wanting to say with a C, but I couldn't think of the last name. Maurice Claret. Yes. Maurice Claret. Uh, but yeah, he was the one that would always go, the Ohio State in interviews. He was just such a weirdo. All of a sudden, it caught on. And. I don't know why. Suddenly they became the. But I don't know why I say the or don't say the. Who knows? <laughs> Just It was one of those questions, I guess. He woke up this morning and went, you know what? There is a uh, discussion in the English language of the use of the word the versus the versus why don't you use it at all? I have no idea. <laughs> Uh, what the hell was I talking about? Oh, top three needs. That's what I would go. I would go safety. I would probably talk about a middle linebacker for sure, and then a running back, but you're going to need depth in the secondary too. So there you go. <laughs> if those are the three needs, that's exciting because those are three positions they don't necessarily need to draft high, right? Those are those are picks and, and players that don't necessarily need to come in the first round. So they have flexibility with how they can use their premium picks, which is exciting. We, we've talked right. about that before. They have a lot of flexibility. Yeah, Um I I really think that this year do you think this is the year that they become aggressive uh in like you know trade up and begin to package up some draft choices and move around in the draft I mean they've obviously done it in the past and they did it to pick up Jordan Love but if this I don't know the window's open I think we could all understand that right now there's the window of opportunity and it's open right now how much more do you have to kind of go for it and accentuate what it is you have? And, and, you know, as he has stated, as Gutekind stated, 
you know you have money to spend. You have that ability to grab some contracts now to go out and, you know, fortify some areas of your team that are, are weaker. So where do they go? And do they start to really kind of push the chips back to the middle of the table after taking a year off? Or two years, really, for that matter. But where does this team go? And I am going to be really – when free agency hits, I'm going to be excited to see what is available as opposed to – because we always know there's that that tampering, that legal tampering period of time when you start to hear about people agreeing to contracts that haven't really been signed yet and what will be and will not be available on the open market. And then I'm going to be really interested to see how many times the Packers' name – begins to emerge in discussions with specific free agents as to what it is they're targeting. Because I really think this year we could actually be talking about two, maybe even three guys coming into this situation, coming into this franchise to bolster this team and try to help this new style of defense that Halfley is going to bring. Because I don't know if they have all the guys. I mean, up front, I think they do, but I still think you need to add depth. I really do. I still think you need to add more. But I'm going to be interested to see what they go after this year. 877-867-1670. And I'll, I'll be honest, I, you know, people talk about trades. I just saw another one from Lance that said trade for Buda Baker. I don't think there's going to be many trades. Trades are not something that really happen very often in the National Football League unless you've got a guy that is coming up on the end of a contract and you don't want to pay. You don't want to cut him loose because you don't want that money floating around out there. And maybe somebody else can get the deal, restructure, take some of that off your hands, and they are in desperate need for for somebody. I just I I don't I don't see many trades. How many times have we talked about trades in the National Football League? It does not happen very often. It just doesn't. Um, eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Hey Bill, just to follow up on my last question. If you think that most likely AJ Dillon will not be resigned, what type of running back would you draft to complement a great but aging Aaron Jones? Uh, I would draw. I would draft an Aaron Jones type of running back. You know, if you can get a bigger, stronger version, sure, I would go in that direction. But I would, I would draft um, a, another version of Aaron Jones. the The fresh legs are fresh legs. That's what I would go with. That's the way I would do it. Period. I'm not looking for the the two and a one two punch of being this you know, big Derrick Henry-esque type of running back. You don't necessarily need that. What I just want is, you know, Braylon Allen would be would be a good type of, of running back. You can get him lower in the draft probably, uh, not a first-round pick, and you can get him with breakaway speed to be that guy. I, I would do that. But you need somebody, uh, and one of the things that I look for in a running back in today's game is – that quick juke step. I'm not looking for the plow horse, the guy that's north-south. I'm not looking for that. What I'm looking for is a guy that's quick out of the backfield. Because what you see now with Aaron Jones versus A.J. Dillon and company, and even Emmanuel Wilson, you can go on through the list of running backs that the Packers have had over the years, is the initial step. You have to be able to get to the hole quicker than the guys that are in front of you. You just have to, and you have to be able to have a juke step, a plant step, a hop step, whatever you want to call it. You have to have that 
because it's so much faster in the National Football League. You can have breakaway speed, and you may be able to outrun secondary guys. That's fine. But if you don't have the ability to get from the first to the second to the third level, like right away, then you're no, you're no use to anybody in the National Football League. You may that, that crap may fly in college, but it, it won't fly in the NFL. We've seen a lot of good running backs who haven't amounted to, to blank in the NFL because they just don't have that initial quickness. I love that when you were asked, well, who do you draft to compliment Aaron Jones? Another Aaron Jones, if you can find one. I, I love right. that because I've, I've said this for years, Bill. When you're looking for a number two in basketball or football, you know what makes the best number two? Just another number one. Like right. that's that's what we want. Let's not be focused on a complimentary right. piece. Let's just get another really good running back. That's the goal. Well, and and you also have to think that Aaron Jones is not going to be here forever, and so whoever you draft, if they are another Aaron Jones, that's going to be your number one eventually. You don't want to have to keep searching every year for another running back, and we have found what the importance of a running back is in the National Football League. When Aaron Jones came back, he was the straw that stirred the drink because when he started running the football and running the football with authority and picking up chunk yards, and especially when they're garnering 100 yards per game towards the end of the season, they were winning football games. And it was opening because they were bringing safeties up, they were bringing linebackers up, and suddenly things began to open up in the passing game for Jordan Love and the young guys. So you found out what the importance was to have a good running back behind you. And it's so amazing that – they don't. You don't want to pay a running back because I agree their shelf life is is relatively short. You you can't give them huge money because they're not going to play every game. It's just it's just a fact. Whether it's Saquon Barkley or Aaron Jones, they're not playing every game. So you need to find another number one. That's what you have to track down. But you don't want to overpay them. But yet again, when you look at you know as the guys in that Giants locker room stated. When they paid Daniel Jones, but the guys there said they paid the wrong dude. It was Saquon Barkley. That was the that was the guy that you know the engine that made it go. When you saw life without Aaron Jones, you saw this offense struggle. Aaron Jones comes back. He starts being he's starting to run the football with authority, and all of a sudden, boom! There you go. Suddenly, uh, the offense begins to flow. Uh, having a good running back matters. It just does, and that's. That's why I uh, that's why I believe you got to find another uh, another Aaron Jones type. Um, Steven says Wilson has potential. The word potential is an ugly word because you have potential coming out as a rookie, maybe your second year. After that, it's just it's just wasted opportunity, is what it is, or you don't have it anymore because potential's potential. Unless it's realized, it, it doesn't mean jack doesn't mean anything. And I'll be honest, I don't see the same quickness in first step out of Wilson that I do out of Aaron Jones. There's just a very innate difference. Just to the just to the eyeball test, there's a big difference. 877-867-1670, hit us up. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at Potawatomi Hotel Casino. Go to PaysBig.com. That is PaysBig.com. They have terrific restaurants, all kinds of restaurants there inside Potawatomi. Also, they have... The hotel side of things, which is magnificent, they've got uh, the Canal Street Cafe downstairs, which is just a wonderful place for breakfast and such in the morning, and uh, the hotel is spectacular. The views are spectacular, but all connected to that great big uh, that great big complex that we all enjoy next to it. Check out our friends at Potawatomi Hotel Casino. Go to PaysBig.com. That is PaysBig.com. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
I know, I know, I know. We are upon a Valentine's Day. Have you uh, got that special somebody something yet? Something, something? Uh, if you have not, I would right now jump the car and I would make my way to West Bend, Wisconsin and go to Kane and Kane Jewelers, whether it's an engagement ring, anniversary ring. Uh, if you got, you know, you want to redo the wedding bands, if you want to pick up earrings, pendants, necklaces, whatever, check out our friends at Kane and Kane Jewelers in West Bend, where they want to rock your world because uh, they just, they're good people. Family owned for a long time. They've been there a while. And whether it's the hearts on fire diamond or pendants or, you know, some of the, uh, some of the bracelets that have the different, you know, meaning, you know, little bangles or dangles or whatever they call them on there i'm not familiar with that stuff that's the reason andy does such a good job because i can't andy kane and his staff are fantastic and i've been preaching uh, about them for a long time they're just good people go to kane k-o-e-h-n kane and kane jewelers in west bend and go to kane jewelry for all the information but if you're uh, kind of running behind and you're thinking about something that's reasonably priced and nice and yeah, there you go. Go to Kane and Kane Jewelers in West Bend or go to Kane, K O E H N, KaneJewelry.com, KaneJewelry.com, where they want to rock your world. And they're ju- it's worth it. They're really, really, really good people. 877 867 1670, 877 867 1670. Paul says, Why is everybody surprised by the Badgers losing? It happens every year and it happens the same way. Mm, they don't go to number six every year. Let's not uh, let's not let sarcasm get in the way of fact. It doesn't happen every year. This year they were winning basketball. They ended up getting beat by Nebraska. Maybe Nebraska ended up, you know, kind of giving others the blueprint as to how to beat them. But it's yeah, let's hope hope it's a lull. Let's do that. Let's hope it's a lull. Then it is just merely a uh, a spiral downward, so to speak. I'm I'm a little sick of the Greg Gard commentary as if they're terrible every year and they always collapse every year I mean other than last year yeah they were an IL team last year but or NIT they're a tournament team every year the rock bottom for this team is 20th in the AP like that's a good rock bottom to have I I know they haven't been good over the last two weeks but I'm right I think we're going a little overboard with our perception of this program and of this coach historically um I I believe that this team is more to the liking of what we saw at the beginning of the season than what it is now. I think when you start to have adversity, you begin to struggle. You begin to, it's kind of like running in quicksand. I talk about it all the time. You try harder, but yet you're not getting it done and you can't figure out why. I just think that it's one of those things where you go back to like what Matt LaFleur said uh, when Jordan Love was trying to be too perfect. He said, just let it rip. I think sometimes you just need to let it rip. You need to go, go play. And you're trying to do two things too perfect. You get overcoached. You get paralysis by analysis. It just, right now, people have your number. They know that if they, uh, you know, keep you in certain bad shooting situations, you'll take bad shots. They know that if you get too antsy with the basketball, you're going to be turning it over. And they know that uh, they can maybe beat you in the hustle numbers. So right now, what you can control is the hustle numbers. And the rest of it will start to fall into place. Sometimes your best offense is your defense, is just get ball, get the ball in transition more often. And yeah, it, it's it, it. I believe this team's talented, and I don't believe that this team is the train wreck that some make it out to be. And I agree with you. the 
Look, at the beginning of the season coming into this year for what went down last year, yeah. Do I think that there were a lot of eyes looking at the men's basketball program? Yes. I would not disagree with that. But the way they started out, the way they played, nobody said a word. Nobody was saying a word about Greg Gard. And then you lose some games. and It's like, oh, he sucks. He's got to go. That's when the finger pointers came out. Completely ignoring the fact that they were up at number six at one point in time in the country. So you got to let it play out. Now, if they lose to if they continue to lose, then yeah, I, I completely understand it. Then you've got a team that's in a, in a complete nosedive, and you're not able to pull them out. And that's what coaches need to do. You need to put yourself and your guys in the best position to be successful, or girls. So, I agree with that. But you got to let it play out, you, you know. And to me, for as much dancing as we talk about in the regular season, it's to me this is about getting a couple of wins in the postseason, a couple of wins in in the tournament. That's what you know. You want to see them play into the next second weekend. That's what I. That's what I'm hoping for. Is I want to see this team play into the second weekend and not just be a one and done in the tournament. So that's what we're looking for. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Um, Jeff says, "Do you have any idea who the Packers are going to hire as a Packers president?" I know policy has been a guy that's been talked about a lot. I I know they're going to do their due diligence to open it up to this search. I mean, I don't know what the qualifications are that they're searching for. I mean, obviously, you got to be a, a good business person, but more so than anything for the Green Bay Packers, you have to manage people. Being the president of the Packers is different than being an owner of a team because you do answer to a board, but the board is made up of people that basically have sponsorship with the Packers. So you look at the board and you say, okay, this is what this this is the direction we're going to go. You're the governor, basically, of the money of the business, and keeping the team viable. That's why, when you look at what Mark Murphy has done, first year in, gets himself a championship, gets to hoist the trophy. You know, first year in, then has to go through some major changes, has to uh, evaluate and go, okay, uh, I was given you know advice to just let football people do football things, but. The uh, divisiveness between Ted Thompson and the silos between Ted Thompson and everybody else is too vast to ignore. So I have to make a change there. Had to make a change with the head coach and seemingly has done the right thing, right? Uh, Went along with the general manager making a very tough decision, not only to draft Jordan Love, but to kind of set into motion all the wheels that churned over the last few years. And then this year ultimately coming out the other end and looking good doing so. But in the meantime, one thing that many people choose to ignore is the fact that the Packers are financially sound. They're, they're, a, they're a strong football franchise based in the smallest sports market in all of professional sports. And they're staying there. And that was what Bob Harlan wanted. They had to get the renovation. They had to make it bigger, better, stronger to make sure that this team was financially viable to stay in the smallest market in all of professional sports. And he's done that. He's not only taken what Bob started, but he's taken it and accentuated it tenfold. And for that, he's done a fantastic job. And that is the realization that Packers fans have to look at. Yeah, you want to win championships because it brings so much more money. It brings you marketability. It brings you additional money throughout, not just in the United States, but throughout the world for people that have been exposed to Packers football, which we know now with podcasts and such and Packers fans everywhere, it's it's a worldwide entity. So you want to bring that money in. You want to capitalize on that. And he's done a great job at that. You want to win, though. For people that say, wow, they're just happy with getting to the postseason. No. You win a championship, 
man, the money comes rolling in the next year. It just does. So you want to see more championships, but you got to be a good businessman. But the one thing you have to remember, whoever takes over, whether it's Ed Policy or anybody else, is that your number one product is on the field. Because if you're a good businessman, but you're a lousy manager of people, and your team begins to suck, the money begins to dry up. You can't base your budget off of a budget. you got to base it off of the product that's on the field. I get so pissed off at teams that want to run their baseball franchise, their football franchise, their NBA franchise like a budget, like a business. It's a different animal. You know, it's not just simply profits and loss. you got to know when to kind of pull the trigger on certain things. And that's what has made Mark Murphy, for the most part, pretty good. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, feel free to go ahead and do so. Does that make a lot of sense, Grant? Uh, do you understand where, where that's coming from? Yeah, I don't understand. Very similar to the Greg Gard you know, complaints. I don't understand the Mark Murphy complaint because you get these comments all the time, Bill, in, in your emails and in your comments. Or it's like nothing will change until Mark Murphy is gone. It's like, well, what do you nothing? Yeah, what, I agree with you. What do you what do you want to change? This team's been really, really successful. Yeah, they've lost some playoff games, but it's not like Mark Murphy's in the box calling plays for those right. games. It's been a that's, really that's people successful that believe era. that Murphy is is picking the players. That's people that believe Murphy is signing the contracts. That's people believe that Murphy cared more about a sledding hill than he did for the team. Uh, because of the picture on the front page of the paper that it's just it's it's very myopic views when it comes to stuff like that now if, if look if mark murphy was going out and talking about strictly the business and how we need to cut you know cut 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 budgetary things and this and that then you'd probably say okay maybe he's running it too tight-fistedly because i've seen that i got god knows i grew up in cincinnati where the only thing the brown family had was the football team that was their business, and they ran it like that. And you knew you were never going to get over the hump until Mike Brown was gone. And now that Mike Brown's relinquished control to his daughter, Katie, and Mike Brown's still there, but he's not the same decision maker he has been in the past. And once they started to spend money and do some things, then all of a sudden they pick up Joe Burrow. They start to get themselves a pretty good secondary. They pay the guys around Joe Burrow. And next thing you know, the team is viable. And they get themselves to another Super Bowl. They didn't win it but they get themselves to another Super Bowl. So you can't run your team like it's a business or you're, you know, that's the problem we talk about with the Brewers all the time, being the smallest, you know, market in all of Major League Baseball when it comes to media market. They don't have the same money. So you kind of got to run it like a business, but they have, there are times they have to get creative, but they have to take chances. And they took a chance on Christian Yelich. They said, okay, we're not used to these big contracts, but we got to go for it here. You know, you got to pay some guys if you're going to come in and still be competitive and you're going to try to get over the hump because they realize, just like everything else, that when you get to that postseason and you start to get some of the money and you start to see some of the marketing dollars roll back in, you know, for people buying jerseys and hats and all that kind of stuff, that there is a value to that. You know, there is a value to that. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Let's hit us up. If you uh, choose to do so, go ahead and do it. I uh, would love to hear from you. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at JNL Tire and Service Center. Thanks for voting them the best tire dealer. However, they do so much more when it comes to service work. Uh, I just went out there and I got the oil changed and went through the uh, the check on my vehicle just because I hadn't had it done in a while. So I had some th- synthetic put in and the oil changed. 
new air filter, new wipers, just kind of getting the thing ready uh, for yet another year. Uh, but just because uh, I love my car and I don't want to give it up. I got 130,000 miles on it, but just you keep it good and it'll treat you good. I got new tires on that thing. So I'm just I'm excited. And it was for a reasonable cost, a lot less than even some of the uh, the fast change oil places. That's our friends at J&L Tire and Service Center. Thanks for voting them the best tire dealer there in Watertown and in Johnson Creek. Stop in, tell Lyle and the gang we said hi. We got more of the Bill Michael Show coming. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Start to earn drawing entries. Top prize is 10 grand in cash. It's time for Love It or Leave It. Learn more at PaceBig.com. Must be 21 years old and a club member to play. Welcome back. Good to have you. Hey, uh, got to say thanks to our buddy Gino and the whole gang down at the Calderon Club. Had some friends in town, and they said, uh, hey, they hear all the time uh, that I talk about Calderon Club in San Giorgio. They went down there over the weekend and uh, got a nice note back saying, oh, my God, uh, best Italian food ever. And they traveled all over. As a matter of fact, they're uh, heading to Miami right now. They've, uh, they're going to go down and take a look at uh, a lot of the new boats for the Miami Boat Show. That is going on right now, but said uh, you're 100% correct uh, about the spaghetti and meatballs and the spicy sausage penny pasta that I like so much down at Calderon Club. His wife did say that that was the best uh, uh, chicken marsala she's ever had. So Calderon Club downtown, awesome, awesome place. And uh, you can probably go in there during, especially during baseball season. You'll see some players and such uh, floating around in there, either before or after games and what have you. But uh, everybody at some point or another goes there. 838 Old World 3rd Street, downtown Milwaukee, right across the street from the Hyatt Hotel. San Giorgio, the authentic Napoletana Pizzeria, right next door. Both places, spectacular. And Genoa's staff, second to none. So uh, stop in the Calderon Club and support them who support us. And uh, not to mention, you can enjoy some just terrific, terrific Italian food. So real quick, Jordan Love on the Micah Parsons podcast had this to say about the importance, when we go back to talking about running backs, the importance of Aaron Jones. Take a listen. I picked on, uh, like, show us how you, your growth, how you dissected the game, mm-hmm. what you thought we were in. Um, obviously made it, uh, some great plays extending with your legs. Mm-hmm. But just dive into what was your strategy, uh, philosophy of how to, you know, break down our defense. Yeah, man, I think that the key for us going into the game was we, we needed to run the ball. Like That was a huge thing. Obviously, we played y'all the year before, and I felt like we ran the ball pretty well. So, um, just going against y'all, I'm like, I'm not trying to talk, but I, y'all, y'all linebackers, you know, I think y'all had a DB playing linebacker. Um, I don't know, but like that was our goal was to be able to run the ball and it was going to set everything else up. And obviously, uh, I think y'all biggest weapon is y'all pass rush. And so, um, great DBs over there too, but I feel like they rely on the pass rush. You know what I mean? When you've got a great pass rush, you you thinking the quarterback going to get the ball out of his hands quick. And so we were able to, you know, take advantage of that by, you know, getting some chips on you, slow you down a little bit. Uh, D. Lawrence, slow him down a little bit. But man, I knew I was going to have to hang in that pocket, take a couple hits from you, take a couple hits from those guys. Um, but I, the guys we had at receiver, man, I, I was confident that they were going to go out there and um, do what they needed to do against the RDBs, yeah, sure. man. But. 
So there you go. Basically, it was, hey, you got a you got a DB playing linebacker. We can run against that guy, and that's what we're going to do. And they chip block Parson. They made sure that De, uh, Demarcus Lawrence wasn't able to get around the edge on him. So, and he got rid of the ball quick, and that's what stopped the pass rush. And then when you run the football and you don't have beef, and you're able to kind of control the beef with the offensive line, open it up to the second level, and you got a defensive back trying to bring down a full steam and very fast. Aaron Jones, while he may have lost a step, he hasn't lost that much, uh, that's the way they did it. That's the reason Aaron Jones in the run game became so incredibly important in the game against the Dallas Cowboys, which, you know, again, you, you give you give credit to, uh, to Matt LaFleur and the offensive guys for coming up with a game plan to say, hey, uh, this is where they're good. We're not going to go up against their good. We're going to go against their weak, and we're going to exploit the weakness. And that's what they were able to do. That opened up everything else. Talk about more. Uh, talk with that uh, more about that coming up in the next hour. Stick around. We don't have a uh, a, a whole list of deep in depth topics. So today is kind of you. I love days like today. I just do. Happy Fat Tuesday, man. Stick around. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. <laughs> 